Hi, I'm Neil Stavum. Thanks for checking out this podcast from Connecting Faith. You can hear the show live each weekday at noon Central Time. And there are many more podcasts for this and all our faith radio shows available online. Our web address is myfaithradio.com. And thanks for your gifts to this listener-supported ministry. Enjoy the podcast. Always expect something good on your lunch hour. Connecting faith with life. Hi, welcome to the program. Thank you for tuning in to Connecting Faith and a good Monday to you. Here we're the final Monday in January. Wow. Oh, my. The year is kind of uh, moving on, isn't it? Leaping by. Yes. This isn't actually a leap year either, is it? Oh, I was just wondering about that the other day, but I don't have any wisdom. You know, this is this is a quiz question for you. How many months have twenty eight days? All of them. All of them. Yes. We worked over this before. So, the little uh, little fifth grade humor you can use sometime, (laughs) maybe along the way. Uh, Say, I want to just mention uh, today is the uh, kind of a deadline day if you want to be a part of the uh, Jobs to Career Symposium, which is going on in the Blue Room at the University of Northwestern St. Paul campus. Uh, that's coming up this Thursday night with uh, David Stark, business career expert. But if you want to uh, get the get the, we'll be serving box lunch. If you want to reserve that, I think you need to do that today. I think that they, you can still come. You can register at the door and come. It's just it's ten or fifteen dollars, and it's not a lot. But if you'd like to get the lunch, that has to be done today. Lunch is significant. It, well, it is. That's, that's uh, why we do the show here, so that we can. <laughs> Give people something to chew on that, uh, and hopefully digest. And I think that'll be the case today. So just by the way, just check that out. Uh, you can register online at uh, myfaithradio.com, myfaithradio.com. The Career Symposium uh, coming up this Thursday night in the Blue Room on the campus of the University of Northwestern, St. Paul. By the way, when you're online at myfaithradio.com, if you go to the uh, Support tab right on the uh, the top and just click under that, and it's uh, Support Faith Radio. If you click on that, you'll see um, a sidebar that has um, planned giving and uh, estate and planned giving. If you click on that, you'll see some videos, and we're going to be talking about those here as we go along in our program, but those are a new addition to our website. I'm kind of excited about that. It's uh, some great information there and short little videos which will help you in understanding some of the things we're going to be talking about today, because our focus today is going to be on on planned giving, on states, and mainly about wills. And to help us with that, we've invited uh, our friend Kirby Stahl, who is uh, Senior Director of Advancement Services at the University of Northwestern, and he is also the Vice President of the Northwestern Foundation. And we've had Kirby on a number of times before. So, Kirby, it's good to see you again. Thanks for coming in. Thanks for having me, Neil. On the uh, on the this the cold, fresh winter day that we're experiencing here across the upper Midwest. And happy to welcome uh, uh, Guy Burgo on the line with us. Guy uh, lives in Colorado, so he's he's wearing orange and uh, orange and blue every day, right? Uh, till, uh, till, well, I don't know, maybe you wear orange and blue every day of the year. I'm not sure, Guy. We'll find out about that. That wasn't actually why we were going we to talk football necessarily, but uh, Guy and his uh, wife and family live in, uh, in the Colorado Springs area. And he's worked as a Christian planned giving consultant for a number of Christian organizations and churches nationwide. He's helped thousands of families across the country with their giving and stewardship, uh, resulting in hundreds of millions raised for the Lord's work. And he's founder of Planned Giving Ministries, and uh, that serves churches and organizations by providing an affordable, biblically-based planned giving system. And uh, he's got great insights. And one of the things that the guy has done is produce some videos, which we'll talk about in a little bit. But, uh, Guy, welcome to Connecting Faith. Oh, thank you, Neil. It's great to be with you today, and uh, you as well, Kirby. Good to have you, Guy. We're uh, we're going to talk a little bit about something that uh, here we are just about the end of the month, and I, I'm, I'm sure that there were some people that around New Year's said, you know, uh, I need to take care of doing uh, doing a will. Uh, we call it the last will and testament, and and it's probably been on your list, your resolution list for maybe years and years and years. And we just want to encourage people to say, uh, this is the time to do it, and want to provide some help for you uh, today. And in fact, we'll open up phone lines in a little bit too if you have some specific questions about things. But but uh, guy, let's let's start with you. I mean, does does God care if we have uh, last will or testament or not? 
You know, I think he does care. It's really an important part of our stewardship. And, you know, uh, prior to the Lord extending King Hezekiah's life by 15 years, he sent the prophet Isaiah to tell Hezekiah, put your house in order because you're going to die. You know, he was basically saying, you know, make sure you have your will written. And, uh, you know, God wants us to be good stewards. We all know that. Um, if we look at 1 Corinthians 4.2, for example, it tells us, moreover, it is required in stewards that one be found faithful. And, and also, I think it's important um, that we take care of our families. You know, 1 Timothy 5.8 says, if anyone does not provide for his relatives, and especially his immediate family, he is denied the faith and is worse than an unbeliever. You know, so writing our will is a big part of making sure we are taking good care of our family in case the Lord calls us home. And I think these things are, are important to God. And, uh, you know, there are, uh, I guess the reality is probably what we we know or should know is that if if we don't have a will, then, I mean, the, there is someone else that will decide uh, what happens to the assets that we might have accumulated over our lifetime. Exactly. Uncle Sam will be, will be happy to decide that for you. You know, but when you consider that, that we are the, we're the ones that are the stewards, God gave this stuff to us. We can't really, you know, um, give that responsibility over to, quite frankly, a godless court system. I mean, it's our responsibility um, to make sure that we prayed through everything and, and put together a, a solid plan of stewardship. Kirby, we were just talking before the program that, uh, you know, it, it does take some encouragement probably to to get that, that will done. I mean, you were talking about even, uh, I think, your own own family sometimes, that those those things you just get set aside. And, uh, you know, maybe the question is, this is not something that just should happen when you're 70 or 80 years old. Right? Yeah, exactly, Neil. I mean, you would think that you would do this pre-planning when you're young, when you're when you're getting married, when you're having children. Uh, sometimes people just neglect to do it until later on in life. Uh, and sometimes the will has its purposes at different stages in life as well. And I think like Guy said too, as we are stewards of these resources that God has entrusted to us, uh, he wants us to take care of them. He wants us to take care of them for the future too, not just while we are the stewards of them. Well, let's talk, uh, yeah. Guy, maybe w- w- add about writing a will, how is it different for Christians? Or are there some some sort of biblical principles that we should take into account when we're thinking about this? Right. That's a good question, Neil. I, I, uh, I think it, it is different for Christians. Um, but, you know, first let me point out that, that I think uh, most Christians have a secular worldview of writing their will without realizing it. I mean, we typically just think of it as a as a legal process without really stopping to consider what we've mentioned already, that, that everything we have belongs to God, and we are simply his stewards. You, know, you look at uh, Psalm 24, 1, uh, says the earth is the Lord's and everything in it, the world and all who live in it. And there's several other scriptures as well that kind of point out that that uh, biblical concept, the fact that it, it's all God's. You know, he owns every breath, every word, every tear. Everything belongs to God. Um, But this means that our will is the legal document that transfers stewardship of everything God's entrusted to us to someone else. And so if that's the case, you know, writing our will should be a scriptural and prayerful process first that then culminates in a legal process. And, you know, in other words, um, we should pray and consider scripture when designing the right plan for our will and then have the attorney put that Christian plan into legal writing. But quite frankly, that's not the process that most Christians go through. Most Christians just, um, as I said, just think of it as a legal process. They go to an attorney, they get a legal will written, and they're, it's fine they're protected legally, but they really haven't um, put that Christian perspective into the planning process. I might even say, too, Guy, that in these days, there are more options than just the will. You could have a beneficiary designation, a transfer on death yep. agreement. You know, so even more so today, there's really not this requirement that you have to give a lot of written thought in a document like the will used to, where you used to spell out your beliefs and who you're going to transfer it to and for what reason and, and why and all these things. And now you sign your name on a document and it goes just like that. Or if you don't, then the, the opposite is true, too. You don't know where it's going to go and how it's going to be used. Yeah, 
But but right. at the, the same point, it does. Uh, I guess you know if we uh, if we get that understanding, say first and foremost, let's remember that God owns it all. Okay, so we mm-hmm. uh, we have the opportunity to to reflect uh, our stewardship values even in our passing. Um, should should number one be to uh, take care of our family, right? Isn't that, doesn't Paul talk about that? You know, if someone doesn't take care of his family, mm-hmm. worse. Worse than unbelievers. So, is it really just all about taking care of our family? Is that the the main thing, and we just want to do that well? Well, I remember Neil uh, just before we got on the air here that I said when my wife and I did our will, the major purpose was to delineate who is going to take care of our children and our assets for their benefit. And again, like I said, at every stage in life, you have a different reason for these wills and planning documents. Guy, what are your thoughts? Well, it, it, it is uh, first and foremost, you know, when you talk about um, taking care of family, uh, you know, you're referring to 1 Timothy 5.8, um, and, uh, which, which tells us that if we fail to provide for our relatives and especially our immediate family, we've denied the faith and are worse than an unbeliever, you know, and, um, and that's, a, that's a big deal. Um, so what it really comes down to is, is dependency um, first and foremost because when we have um, people that are dependent on us, uh, like a spouse or um, or minor children, um, that is incredibly important to God that we make sure that our family is well provided for if He calls us home. And um, so that is a uh, uh, that is a big part of it. And, um, and 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 so we we have to make sure that we kind of stop that procrastination. And uh, which a lot of folks, like you, like you mentioned, kind of try to do with the uh, with the New Year's resolution. But we we need to stop that procrastination and get this and, and get this done and get it done in that Christian perspective, because um, uh, it is very important to the Lord that we take care of our of our family. In a moment, we'll come back. We'll talk a little bit more about that. Maybe some practical examples how. Uh... Biblical principles come into play when we're writing a will, and we'd uh, we'd welcome your calls too. You have a question today as we talk about uh, last will and testament, talking about other ways in which we can uh, pass on and plan our estate, and uh, ways that we can you know consider what it means to be good stewards of the resources God has entrusted to us. Happy to have you on board today. You can call us at eight seven seven ninety three faith. That is our phone number. It's eight seven seven nine three three two four eight four. Or if it's uh, more convenient, uh, you want to just drop us a note online. You can go to myfaithradio.com and click on the Connecting Faith Show page, and uh, you use the email link there, and we'll take your uh, your questions, uh, comments here in uh, just a moment. Talking today with uh, Guy Burgo. Guy is uh, the founder. Of Plan Giving Ministries, and he works with uh, churches and Christian organizations, providing uh, wise counsel on uh, plan giving, and uh, works with individuals as well. Kirby Stahl is the senior director of the Advancement Services here at the University of Northwestern, and president of the Northwestern Foundation. And uh, we'll talk more in just a moment here on Connecting Faith. This is Susie Larson, and I invite you to listen weekdays at 3 p.m. to Live the Promise. We love interacting with authors, pastors, musicians, and you as we walk out this faith journey. My hope is to arm you with the truth that you are deeply loved by God and that He wants you to last long and finish strong. It is an honor to take your calls as we explore together what it means to live a Christ-centered life. Live the Promise with Susie Larson. Weekdays from 3 to 4 on Faith Radio. It's not just information, it's transformation. A lot of things have kind of gone on in the last year or so, the last few years actually. I just needed something different, just kind of was poking around and I found it. It's a reassurance that the Lord is there with me. Listening to the messages all day long, it brings peace to my day. Not only that, I mean, I've been educated. He's there all day, all the time. Connecting faith to life every day. Thanks for listening to Faith Radio. It's 18 past the hour, and you're listening to Connecting Faith today. Glad to have you along. 
on a cold, cold Monday. We're talking about uh, one of those uh, resolutions, one of those projects that we want to get done but maybe haven't yet. And so some practical help today to talk about uh, writing a will and the importance of estate planning. Uh, talking with Guy Burgo. Uh, Guy is the uh, founder of Plan Giving Ministries, and uh, he and his wife and children live in uh, Colorado. Kirby Stahl is the uh, uh, vice president of the Northwestern Foundation here at the University of Northwestern St. Paul. Uh, Kirby and his wife have uh, children as well. I uh, have children, uh, so we're thinking about uh, family and children, and uh, it seems like that's one of the priorities when it comes to uh, the importance of a will. Uh, Guy, I want to maybe just kind of pick up with you before we get to some of our calls about um, maybe a practical example, um, writing a will as we think about children. Is it is it just a matter of a, if they're minor children that they get the right care? And so how do we go about that? Well, <clears throat> again, I think it's a, uh, it's a good point to bring up. Um, you know, I'll, I'll give you an example. When I, when I help uh, young families that have minor children, you know, the subject of who will raise their children or what we call be their guardians. Uh, if both the husband and wife pass away in an accident, uh, always comes up. I mean, this is something really important to, to plan for. Um, and in those conversations, you know, I've had people tell me things like, you know, we're planning on, on naming my brother Joe and his wife as guardians of the children if we pass away. And the kids are really close to them and they see him about twice a month and have a great relationship, you know. Well, my next question to them is, well, is Joe and his wife believers? And and if they say no, well, you know, this is where the conversation can get a little tough because, you know, I have to explain to them that the children are the greatest gift God has given them stewardship over. And there's nothing more important than naming Christian guardians who will raise the children in God's word and God's ways so that prayerfully someday they will all be in heaven together. And, and, you know, I, I feel very strongly about that. I mean, I'll, I'll tell people, you know, frankly, if you get this wrong, if you get this part of your will wrong, your will isn't worth the paper it's written on. Because for, for young families, that's the most important thing is to make sure that the, that the children are, are raised in, in, uh, in God's word and that uh, they'll accept Jesus as their Lord and Savior someday and they'll all be in heaven together. And, um, you know, I mean, think about this. If you, you know, if you're a, a, a young um, uh, father and mother, and and uh, you were in an accident, and the Lord calls you home, and and you stand before Him, and He says, "What did you do with those beautiful children I gave you?" You better have a really good answer. <laughs> you, you know, I mean, we we need to be able to to tell Him that we have left them with folks that will raise them in His Word and 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 to follow His ways. And that requires a directive, doesn't it? Yeah, it does. And I think, too, as Guy said, this certainly leads into that a will is much more than just about the money and about the assets yep. you might have. It is about your beliefs. It is about those those tangible, uh, life-breathing beings, your children, and how you want all these things that God has entrusted to you to be taken care of. Um, we do talk about passing along our beliefs. and. Certainly, you want to find someone for these minor children who matches those beliefs. And sometimes those are very difficult conversations to have, whether it's siblings or parents or the like. Uh, but this is one of the most important parts of this planning process. Which brings up, I guess, if uh, you know some listening today, uh, uh, children are longer, no longer minors. So does that mean that uh, there are uh, upgrades or reviews that should be done if you have a will and you, you took care of that some years ago? Um, how, how often do you recommend uh, doing a, a review or a clarification? Maybe, uh, Kirby, I'll start with you. Well, I, I would be the first one to say that I should have probably reviewed my will several okay. times in the last 20 years or so. But sometimes we just don't get around to that. And so if you can make your will as effective as possible, great. But at these life changes, when your children are all out of the nest, uh, when you're retiring uh, from a job, uh, certainly... And in our business at the university, we see a lot of people changing their wills or their living trusts at the death of their spouse because everything changes uh, when you have these life changes, whether it's children or spouses or marriage uh, or different things like that. And so I would certainly say not so much by a year mark, but by an event mark. 
Guy, I don't know if you want to add anything to that. But. Yeah, I would say that's true. Um, and, you know, it's, a, it's kind of a general guideline that, that uh, most professionals go with that, that work in this area. They might tell you to review it every five years. But, uh, but again, I, I think Kirby's right. It's the um, it's those important life events um, that make a difference. Um, it could be our children getting married. Um, it could be the fact that they're not minors anymore. You know, um, it could be that we've had a, a child pass away. I mean, there's lots of different things um, that can happen, significant life events that would cause you to want to uh, revisit the will at that point. The other thing I think about, too, is that the, the natural partner to estate planning is financial planning. Because certainly we know uh, what we're entrusted with caring for, but a lot of those assets are financial. And if we aren't stewarding, stewarding them in the right way, engaging with a financial planner who, again, models and mirrors our beliefs, uh, we aren't going to have the assets to pass along in that way, to support our children, to support charities, other ministries, different things like that. Which, speaking of, so let, let's talk, you, you were saying, you know, it's not just about the money, but there certainly is that aspect of it. That's probably what we think of first, rightly or wrongly. So we've got a few minutes before our break. Let's start talking a little bit about that. Uh, and Guy, I'll, I'll just maybe go to you in terms of, of the, uh, the resources, the, uh, the monetary resources. Uh, what do we need to think about in terms of uh, uh, developing a will and an estate plan? Well, I think um, one thing sometimes that uh, that people um, neglect to think about is um, is having uh, proper life insurance on a homemaker. Um, for example, um, if they if if their wife stays home, raises the children, you know, um, oftentimes the husband will get a lot of life insurance on himself, you know, to try to make sure that his family's well taken care of if something happens to him. And that's great, you know, but they a lot of times people miss the idea of taking that a little bit further and and saying, well, wait a minute, my wife has significant value as part of this family. And so if um, if the wife were to pass away, then how is the family proper t- properly taken care of? You know, and, and that's a conversation I have with young families oftentimes, for example, um, uh, if if the wife passes away and and there's there's children that are that are um, let's say in grade school and younger, um, you know I, I would guess the husband's probably going to want to quit his job and stay home and take care of his children because they're going to be a mess. I mean they're you know they lost their mom, and so the the they need to make sure they have the financial security so that uh, if need be, dad can stay home and take care of the kids and be there when they get home from school and and. Uh, and take the place of, of mom, but a lot of people don't don't think of it that way. Sure, we know a couple of maybe factors to think about here as we start talking about passing on the estate. Yeah, I think about that insurance uh, standpoint a whole lot, and and one of the things that's come across my mind lately too is, and it's a series that our pastor's been preaching on: "In God We Trust," with a question mark, because a lot of times people will think about life insurance or investments, and they will wonder how much is the right amount to be insured uh, or how much is the right amount to pass along to children uh, or to other relatives. And sometimes we think that if we get a lot of insurance so that we don't have to work, that somehow that's not putting our trust in God. And I would like to counter that to say that, again, stemming back from the beginning of the conversation, uh, that we we do need to steward these resources, and it's not a bad thing to have insurance. It's not a bad thing to have a lot of wealth to take care of these wonderful, precious treasures that we have. And in the, in a couple yeah. minutes, we'll we'll talk about how we, uh, you know, sort of uh, some guidelines about how those uh, resources get dispersed, mm-hmm. because that's uh, that's a big question. In fact, we'd love to have your questions as well. We've got a couple that uh, have queued up. If you have a question for us, you're welcome to give us a call as we talk about uh, wills and estate planning. We want to uh, answer your questions. If you have some uh, maybe some uh, wonders about how we can get this uh, done or uh, maybe some of the challenges that have come up for you along the way, uh, we'll get to those questions here in a moment. And you can join us with a call at 877 
877-933-2484. That's 877-933-2484. Or you can go online at MyFaithRadio.com. It's MyFaithRadio.com. And click on the Connecting Faith show page. There's an email link there. And, uh, you can send a note that way. By the way, when you're online, you can uh, you can go to the Support tab and click on that, and you'll see on the right side of that uh, page there is uh, some uh, videos. If you click on Estate Planning there, and you'll have an opportunity to see Guy uh, Burgo, one of our guests today, as well as Kirby Stahl. And we'll talk more with uh, Guy and Kirby in just a moment here on Connecting Faith. You're listening to Connecting Faith. It's a, a Monday, and today we're focusing on something that uh, is wise to do. It's uh, planning for our future and those that uh, come after us and the uh, stewardship resources that God has entrusted to us, that it's not just for our life and this life, but it's uh, it's ongoing. How do we maximize uh, our our giving and our um, our wishes, our values, and that can get passed on from generation to generation. We're talking today about uh, wills and the last will and testament and estate planning with uh, Guy Burgo. Guy is uh, founder of Plan Giving Ministries, and uh, Kirby Stahl is the... Uh, Senior Director of Advancement Services here at the University of Northwestern, and he's the Vice President of the Northwestern Foundation, and we're getting some uh, good insight on that. You can join us with a call at 877-93-FAITH, talking uh, wills and estate planning, 877-933-2484. We just sort of touched on uh, some important factors when we think about uh, passing on that estate to our kids. Um, Guy, just be interested if there are some general guidelines that you would have for uh, when that happens, do we just uh, does our state automatically a state automatically get divided up with our kids equally? Um, and at the uh, when they're adults, they get it all in lump sum. Or what kind of uh, advice would you give there? Well, you know, insofar as um, treating kids equally, it's a it's a good idea to do that in 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 order to stop. Um, uh, family squabbles and that type of thing. However, we also have to recognize the fact that God didn't give us necessarily equal children. And, um, you know, sometimes we have uh, uh, a child who is estranged from us. Sometimes we have a child who is very spendthrift um, or living an ungodly lifestyle. Um, sometimes, um, uh, you know, we might um, have a child that's disabled. And so, you know, there's lots of reasons that we might treat our children unequally, but as a general rule, it's good to treat them equally if you're able to do that, you know, all things considered, um, so that they're they're not fighting and saying, oh, mom loved you more, dad loved you more, that kind of thing. You know, we want our children uh, still hugging each other a year after we're gone. Yeah. You know, we, we don't want to, we, we want to try to avoid, if possible, anything that's going to cause them uh, to be fighting and for the relationships to be ruined um, once we've gone to to be with the Lord. Um, but there are all kinds of different um, scenarios there that um, require different type of uh, different types of uh, planning um, based on those circumstances that I mentioned. Like for example, if somebody has a, uh, a a disabled child, well, that disabled child needs to take uh, priority over the other children, and um, because the other children are perfectly healthy and able to make their own way in life, you know then really the, de- the dependent, and that's what we talked about earlier, dependency is most important. That disabled child is, is oftentimes your dependent for your entire life and even after you're gone. And so they become the priority of the, of the planning process. Um, and then when it comes to whether or not um, we give children um, their, uh, uh, their inheritance all at once, whatever amount we prayed about and decided to give them, you know, kind of a, a good rule of, of thumb when I'm helping people with their planning is we design these children's trusts that are designed to keep the assets in trust until the children reach certain ages. And then um, and then once they reach a certain age, like let's say 25, um, you know, most young people are beginning to figure out kind of who they are as adults when they, when they reach the age of 25. There's no magic about it, but it's, it's pretty pretty uh, common for that to happen where they're starting to mature quite a bit at that point. Well, and so oftentimes a children's trust, for example, might be um, uh, set up so that it gives the child maybe one third when they're 25, half of the balance when they're 28, 
the balance when they're 30 of their trust. And then, um, like my trust for my children and my will, a little bit more conservative, and, and I have it where it gives them one-third at 25, half of the balance is 30, and the balance is 35. But oftentimes, when, once your child, if they're not a spendthrift, you know, person, once they're past that age of 35 or so, um, oftentimes people will just give them whatever it is um, uh, that they're going to give them all at once in one lump sum because they're typically, you know, uh, well-matured adults at that point. I think one of the things to consider, too, is we need to be talking with our children before we pass away so that they're aware of what's going to go on. I mean, I I can tell you numerous wills or trusts uh, where this is brand new news to a child when they find out that they've inherited a lump sum or asked uh, to receive this over a period of years or, or have a trustee who's going to oversee the money for them. I think one of the greatest things we could ever do is to be in that relationship with our children, uh, even as they get into their adult years, and let them know what your plans are for your estate so that they're aware of this, so that when they know that there is a child that has some extra needs or special needs, uh, that they aren't shocked and that that uh, disagreement starts at that point. Well, that uh, ties in nicely with uh, Eddie. She's uh, calling, uh, listening at Faith 900 and has a question sort of related to that. Uh, Eddie, go ahead. You're on with uh, Guy Burgo and uh, Kirby Stahl. Thank you for taking my call. My name is Eddie, and uh, I have a concern because I have three children, and I was wondering, I'm a senior, I was wondering if they should all have a copy of my will that I've updated, or should I just keep it in a secure place, the one will? What do you think? Uh, well, that's a that's a good question, and again, I think depending on the relationship you have with those children, uh, I've heard it said in in one respect too. Think about your children in light of uh, what they might be expecting from you. Uh, if you think that it would be helpful for your children to know where your assets are, to make it easier for them when you pass away, for them to come in and and help clean up these matters then by all means, uh, it might be good for you to share that information. If you think that uh, sharing with them the particulars of how much they're going to receive might cause some conflict, uh, you might want to think about that as well. Guy, what do you, what do you it, think? It really, de- Yeah, I think it really depends upon each family's particular situation. Um, and so I agree with what, uh, what Kirby was saying there, because um, we do want to try to be careful to protect their relationships, and, and um, uh, we don't want them uh, arguing about it in advance if you think it's going to cause trouble right now. But um, uh, it, it really, um, if, you, if you're treating your children equally and everything um, uh, is going to go fine and not cause any problems as, as best as you can uh, determine, then I don't see any problem with uh, sharing a copy of the will with the children. Um, and, and again, if you think there's things you need to bring up to them in advance, I think that's, that's good as well. Um, and, and just, 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 uh, having obviously at, at some place where your kids at least know that you've got, mm-hmm. uh, you've got the information put that's together. Right. Where, so. where are you keeping the information to yeah. make it easiest for your children after you die? Yeah, so whether they, they don't have mm-hmm. to have that necessarily now and know all your investment accounts or whatever, but that's to right. know where yep. these are, these are where, this is the file where everything's in or the jump drive or whatever it is. Yep. And I know in my family, I, I, I know for sure uh, which one of the siblings will be best apt to handle these financial matters. Mm-hmm. And maybe that's the child that you say, you know, I'm going to give this child uh, more information so that they can help. Yeah. Uh, we have a question from, uh, let's make sure I get this, uh, uh, listener Elizabeth wanted to know uh, options about uh, A and B trust. Um, can we talk about maybe trusts in general, what, what they are? Sure. Uh, why so, they're important? So we've talked about the will as a legal instrument to settle your estate, but the will is the is the public probate document. In fact, if you have a will, you guarantee that the court systems are going to get involved to make sure that you carry out those instructions appropriately. A trust is an alternative uh, in some respects to the will in that it's a more private document where things can pass through the trust in a way uh, that don't have to involve the court systems. And 
Uh, I would think that there are there are multiple kinds of trusts. Uh, Guy, you've probably worked with tons of these too, but uh, you can have a revocable trust or an irrevocable trust. You can have a trust that would leave assets to the, your children, and eventually, after a period of years, the rest goes to charity. And we talk we yep. talk about those in the way of a give it twice type trust. Uh, trust can have tax benefits. Some trusts just keep it more close to the vest and private. And I would say, insofar as answering her question about the AB trust, it's it's um, it it can be a very technical question, you know. And 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 for the sake of the program, I don't want to get too technical talking about the AB trust. But um, there's different reasons that they're used, and one is to um, protect from estate taxes. And when you're using AB trust to protect from estate taxes, um, you're really not using those unless your estate is is well over $5 million. And so that, that's rare for people to have estates um, that large. Um, and so if somebody, if somebody, for example, has a $10 million estate, they use this AB trust system to, to maybe put, when, when one spouse dies, half of the estate, 5 million of it goes to, and it goes to uh, an A trust and, and the other half, 5 million goes into a B trust. And it allows both the A and the B trust then to pass on to heirs um, tax-free. Um, and, and so that's always a, a good thing. It's a good plan of stewardship. If you're a very wealthy person, um, you'd want to set up AB trusts in that situation. But the other common reasons that AB trusts are used would be for like blended families or um, when people get married late in life. Um, the AB trust system can, um, can protect assets um, for families um, when there's a blended family. Um, for example, if um, if somebody gets remarried late in life and they're bringing these two different estates into the marriage, um, what they can do is, like a, a husband who, who has a new wife, he can say, well, um, when I pass away, I, I'm, I'm still going to keep my portion of the estate separate, but I'm going to give my wife access to it in case she needs it, which is a biblical plan of stewardship because his wife is his dependent. But then he says, if when my wife passes away, I want to make sure that my half goes to my children and doesn't accidentally go to her children. And so oftentimes without AB trust, people accidentally disinherit their children without realizing it uh, because everything gets um, commingled into one new estate at this late in life marriage. And then when the, when the, uh, the second spouse dies, sometimes it all goes to their family. And the first spouse's family is, is left out. But that's, okay. that's about as uh, easy as, as an explanation as I can make. I think over sure. the radio, I hope that oh, helps. That's fine. Yeah, that does help. I, you know, before we uh, take a break, I'm just uh, one of the questions we want to talk about is, you know, should we, should we be tithing from the estate? We talked sort of early on. This is an opportunity for us to pass on our values. Uh, but uh, what, what's your thoughts on that, Guy? Maybe just in terms of, uh, ministry giving and, you know, including that in whatever sort of uh, instructions, final instructions we write? Well, I I don't believe that God requires us to tithe from our estate. Um, if you believe in tithing, and, you know, we're about, we're probably about 50-50 out there with Christians, you know, and, and some believe in it and some don't. Uh, but regardless, if you believe in it or not, um the the aspect of tithing really isn't applicable to your estate because what we're talking about here is the totality of your assets. It's not about income. Tithing is is talking in relation to income, and this really has nothing to do with income. This is about everything that God's entrusted to us. And um, so I think it's critically important for us to pray and ask God to tell us how generous he wants us to be from our estate. You know, if we don't have any dependents, our children are grown and, and they're fine on their own, they're, they have their um, good careers and, and that type of thing, um, you know, I think one way to look at it is, is to say, you know, Lord, how much is it okay for me to keep from my loved ones? Because it's all his, you know, and, and God does want us to give generously and cheerfully um, from the heart, from our estate, but... Um, you know, this is one of those things where I think every family and individual is, is led differently um, from the Lord based on their own personal circumstances. 
and this is a, this is such an important thing to uh, to stop and pray through, and 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 ask the Lord, what is it He wants you to do? How generous does He want you to be um, towards uh, towards the kingdom? You know, how much should I leave to my church? How much should I leave to other ministries that I that I care about? And and ask the Lord to to help you in that regard, uh, because I've, I've, I've helped over 2,000 families over the years. And what I can tell you is the answer always seems to be different. <laughs> you know, it really depends upon the particular family and them praying through it and seeking the Lord's guidance. Mm-hmm. Well, is there anything you want to add, Kirby, on that? So always, we'll uh, we'll take a break and come okay. back. We've got uh, a couple of questions to get to. We're talking with uh, Guy Burgo. Guy is the uh, founder of Plan Giving Ministries. And uh, he has been helping churches and organizations and individuals understand what it means to be good stewards of our uh, resources and what God's entrusted to us. Kirby Stoll been our uh, guest in the past. He's Senior Director of Advancement Services here at the University of Northwestern. And he's the President of Northwestern, or Vice President of Northwestern Foundation. And we're spending some time today talking about stewardship and uh, being wise uh, in our uh, in our wills and trusts and those things. We're going to get to uh, more of your questions in just a moment here on Connecting Faith. Hi, this is Susie Larson, and I invite you to listen weekdays at 3 p.m. to Live the Promise. We love interacting with authors, pastors, musicians, and you as we walk out this faith journey. My hope is to arm you with the truth that you are deeply loved by God and that he wants you to last long and finish strong. It is an honor to take your calls as we explore together what it means to live a Christ-centered life. Live the Promise with Susie Larson. Weekdays from 3 to 4 on Faith Radio. How does a believer end well? Here's Dr. Charles Stanley. You end well serving the Lord. You end well with this confidence of readiness. Will you be able to say, kept the faith, finished the course, ready? Then you have no reason to fear death because you see you're living ready. And God is waiting to give you his reward. How to end well. This week on In Touch with Dr. Charles Stanley. You're In Touch weekdays at 2 p.m. on Faith Radio. We're 48 past the hour, talking with Guy Burgo and Kirby Stahl. We're talking about estates, wills, estate planning, uh, being good stewards. Uh, Guy is the founder of Plan Giving Ministries. Kirby Stahl is the uh, vice president of the Northwestern Foundation here at the University of Northwestern St. Paul. And uh, we want to take uh, Jane's question, and uh, she uh, wants to know about uh, a friend who has a huge estate, and uh, her children are... Uh, not necessarily uh, behaving well, I guess maybe we'll put it that way. Uh, Jane, go ahead. You're on with Guy and Kirby. Hi there. Thank you for taking my call. The question I have is I have a very dear friend whose husband died about seven years ago, and he was CEO of a very large company, and, of course, she has a very large estate. She has four children, and uh, three of them don't speak to her. (laughs) There's just issues within the family, and yet... She's trying uh, to be a wise steward of her resources, but she wants to leave them some very large inheritances. I'm not sure if that's wise. I've been trying to say, I think, leaving percentages and maybe a percentage to charity because um, the children already received a very large inheritance from their grandfather, so they really don't need it. And they're all older, ages 34 to 50, I think. And do you have any good resources for her to make a wise decision um, because, the, you know, the ch- three children have not spoken to her in, I mean, it's been five to six years. So mm-hmm. what would you do in an instance like this when she's putting together her estate planning? I might just start by saying that that's a very uh, thoughtful process just because uh, I'm sure she wants to show these children her love by transferring these assets onto them. Uh, at the same time, uh, they aren't reciprocating. And... Uh, what does that mean? And again, I don't know this this person. So uh, obviously, if you can encourage her, uh, certainly, to just really deal with these feelings that she has toward these children, uh, it's always difficult to encourage somebody to give to ministries if they don't have that philanthropic bone in their body. And uh, she may just be really focused on these children right now. But 
Guy, let me ask. Yeah, go ahead. I was going to say, Jane, is is your friend a, a believer? Uh, yes, <clears throat> she's a believer, and she is very generous. She's a very generous person to a lot of people in mm-hmm. need. But this one area, I think she just wants to make sure that there's no in squabbling with her children when she passes away, and and yet. You know, I've seen people give percentages of their estates to different organizations, and she is very generous. She she is a believer, and her children are too. But that doesn't necessitate there aren't problems yeah. mm-hmm. in the relationships. Okay. Right. Well, I I think um, you know one of the things that somebody in her situation has to kind of come to terms with is, you know, the children have already received an inheritance from from their grandparents. Um, and so, you know, I don't know how much that is, but, um, you know, they're, they're, sounds like they're, they're well taken care of, um, to begin with. And, and we do want to kind of pray through this concept of, you know, how much is enough for my children? At what point will, you know, especially with somebody who's, who's wealthy, like your friend, at what point will I give them so much that it'll push them further away from Jesus as opposed to drawing them closer to him? You know, and and there's no there's no easy answer for that. It, it does come back to uh, to prayer and um, and really seeking the Lord's guidance. But you know, um, if if people already or, or children already have a bunch of assets, you know, is it really important to give them more of what they already have, or is it more important to impact the kingdom? I mean, imagine what she can do for the Lord with those resources. You know, it's it's kind of one of those things is how many people can I take to heaven with me, you know, and um, and can I use these resources to honor and glorify God and impact the kingdom for many, many years to come after I'm in heaven? I mean, imagine, um, you know, if you if you have that kind of wealth and you're you're able to help um, share God's word and spread the gospel and everything, you know, and and. Uh, and all these people are years and years after you're in heaven, just keep coming into heaven because of all these resources you left behind to impact the kingdom. To me, that's an, that's an awesome thought. Yeah. And uh, I would rather do that than, uh, um, you know, than, than just give children more of, of what they already have, you know. Okay. Does that make sense? Yeah. And I would say it is a matter of the heart. And uh, for you to encourage your friend uh, verbally, yes, to pray for her, uh, yes, because if her heart changes in a way where she can honor God the best possible way with these assets, uh, then she's going to do the right thing. She's going to change her estate plan if necessary, or she's going to leave these children knowing that her heart is for these children, regardless of their relationship with her. Sure. Uh, Kathy St. Paul had a question. Uh, are there any uh, legal ways to make sure a mother or father with uh, Alzheimer's or dementia can have their wishes honored? Uh, she says her mother has a conservator and a guardian appointed. They say that they're honoring anything she says. But just, mm-hmm. I mean, that, that's maybe, uh, I know a guy, I think one of the things we were going to talk about too is about even caring for our parents in our will as well. But uh, Kirby, I'll start with you. Just uh, what about uh, caring for our, uh, honoring our parents' wishes? Sure. I mean, we find ourselves that I'm in the sandwich generation right now where I have aging parents. I also have a lot of children. And so we know that we want to, uh, honor the wishes of our parents. If you have that power of attorney for financial reasons, um, you should be able to, as long as all the other expenses are being met, if they're in a, an assisted living facility, you should be able to honor their wishes. Uh, in fact, at the university, we just received a note with a check saying, my mother wanted me to pass this money along to you. So again, sometimes you're bound by the expenses of a facility that they're committed to, uh, but other times they might have excess assets. Guy, I mean, just a response on that? Well, I guess it just points to why it's so critically important to have everything spelled out legally. Um, you know, making sure that, as, as Kirby mentioned, you know, if, if they're still alive, that they have the powers of attorney in place and everything, and um, and that whoever they've chosen while they're alive is somebody that, that shares their faith and they completely trust uh, to carry on their wishes. So if they wanted to continue to uh, help children out or give to charity or whatever the case may be, that can continue to happen uh, while they're being cared for. Um, but also after they pass away, 
um, making sure that, that everything is done correctly so that there's no questions, no squabbling, that their, um, uh, that their wishes are, uh, you know, well taken care of. And, and uh, once they pass away, whether that's through a revocable living trust or, or through a will, um, but they just, you know, again, it just speaks to me, it just speaks to the fact of, of making sure that your planning is done and it's up to date so that those wishes are legally taken care of. We only got a couple of minutes left. We'll talk about some resources available. But Kirby, one of the questions I guess I had for you is if if a young families listening and say, you know, something I want to get done, but I, you know, I don't think I can afford the attorney's fees just to, you know, get something extensive. Mm-hmm. Your thoughts on like the online forms and some of those things? Yeah, well, I, I, w- I would always say first, if you're able to seek out legal counsel, uh, that's the best route. Uh, sometimes you'll find these out of the box type wills that you can certainly create on your own. Uh, but again, I would say once you create your will, you should take it to an attorney and have it validated just to make sure that you aren't leaving something out that's extremely important. Okay. And, Guy, I know we do want to talk about the uh, great resources we have on our website at MyFaithRadio.com, but just talk about the Plan Giving Ministries uh, link there. All right. Well, yeah, as you mentioned, um, on the uh, on the website, if you, um, if you go to uh, Support Faith Radio and then click on uh, Donate Online, uh, on the right-hand side you'll see Estate and Plan Giving, and um, and then when you click on that, there's going to be a video player that comes up. And primarily today, we've been talking about wills and trusts. And and um, underneath the video screen, you'll see there's a there's a link for will and trust planning. And if they click on that, it'll take them to my will and trust planning ministry website, which has about 35 different uh, videos loaded in there, where they can learn about wills and trusts and probate. And, um, and and this biblical worldview, learn more about this biblical worldview of writing your will that we talked about, and then they can learn how to plan for their children in different situations, like if they're disabled or they're spendthrift or they're living ungodly lives. There's video clips that they can watch on all these types of things, and they can um, and this is no charge. This is this is a blessing from Faith Radio. They can go on and um, and learn about these things from the privacy of their own home, so that then when they visit with an attorney. Um, they can be fully prepared from that Christian perspective when they sit down and visit with the attorney to have their will or, or trust drafted. So just check it out. It's MyFaithRadio.com. Go to the Support tab and Support Faith Radio. Find the uh, estate planning. It would be very helpful to you. Our time is gone already. We've got a lot more. We, we'll have to have uh, guys back again talk more. Guy Burgo from Plan Giving Ministries and Kirby Stahl from the uh, Northwestern Foundation joining us today.